Hello, hello, hello. I am Paul Jarvis, and I'm joined as usual by uh, Jack Ellis, and we are the co-founders of Fathom Analytics, and this is the Above Board Podcast. I feel like we should have some like robot background noise to start this episode off, but I'm <laughs> too lazy to find and too cheap uh, to buy it. So no, that's fair enough. So what are we talking about today? Um, I think we're talking about the fact that you're being replaced by a robot as the CTO. Uh huh. I like it. Ah, straight away to the big difference as the CTO. <laughs> no, no. No, not oh, happening. I, it's it's grunt work only. This is this is great. So before we get into this, though, I mean, because people <laughs> need to understand what the hell we're talking about. A lot of people yeah. know what GitHub Copilot is. So we're talking about GitHub Copilot. And GitHub Copilot is basically this, I suppose, this tool or this um, API kind of behind the scenes, but this tool you can install in your IDE. So I've got VS Code. I'm using it there. And you can basically, it kind of, you type stuff out and it helps you code, if that makes sense. Well, so for non-nerds, because the way you explained it was super nerdy. <laughs> uh, I guess for non-nerds, when you're writing programming, when you're writing code, it you can tell it, hey, write me something that runs, that does something in the code. Mm -hmm. And it auto, it's basically like very fancy autocomplete where it tries to guess what you're trying to do and then it writes the code for you to accomplish it. So yeah, it takes context into account and context being the current file you're in. So it only really has access to that and any files that you're referencing to my knowledge. I, I, this is brand new for me, by the way. I've only yeah. been using it for about, I think a few days. Yeah. But it's absolutely blown my mind. So I guess it's kind of like chat GPT, right? Where you say, write me a story about a unicorn and a leprechaun or something. And it like writes a story. And you could say like, write it in the, in the voice of like Bill Gates. And it'll like write a story like that. But this is the code version where you can say, I want my programming to write a function to do X. And it'll try to guess how to write that function. Yeah, and it, it sort of takes into context the way you've written things before. So, for example, the other day I was writing the... So, we just introduced uh, hotkeys to the Fathom dashboard, which is really cool. And one of the things that you said was it would be good if we could use the left and right arrows to actually move forward previous periods. And by that, mm -hmm. you didn't mean moving this month to last month. You meant if I'm viewing last 30 days and I press the left arrow, take me to the previous 30 days. And I thought, oh, that's a bit of a grind to write on the front end because I'm just like, honest, I said this to my friend the other day. One of the things with me and coding is I've been doing it such a long time that when I, certain things, I just, because I have so much that I'm trying to do, there is certain grunt work that I just, it doesn't excite me in the same way that the infrastructure database stuff does. Like yesterday, the stuff we talked about yesterday with the yeah. new features. Um, so it, it, I just get this resistance every single time. Not everyone, okay, maybe exaggerating. And so I'm like, oh, I've got to write date stuff. And no one likes, no, that's what it is too. <laughs> no one likes working with dates. That's always been a, a, an annoying thing. 
And so I get to do it and I'm just, I just like, oh, I've got to, got to do it, grind through it, blah, blah, blah. And I would have forced myself normally. And I thought, oh, I'll see, I'll open up the file where I've done something similar and I'll just sort of copy the comments. Like it's, it's in PHP versus JavaScript. I started co- copying the comments and it was a case of check to see if there's, if the from date and the to date are the same day. I pressed enter and it typed it out for me. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's easy though. Then I went down, I said, I wrote something a bit more complex, which was check to see if they're like 30 days between the from and the to date. And, and they figured it out. And I said, okay, move to the previous period. And that was like a test because they didn't know what move meant, but they found my function in the file and they called it. And and it's not perfect, by the way. They still make mistakes because guess what? It's not it's not a human program. Human programmers make mistakes. Yeah. But they got it damn right. Now, here's the cool bit, okay? At this point, I've written previous period. And that was tied to the left key. I then thought, huh, I wonder if I type next period in a function and I add a comment which says, do the same as the previous method function, except add the days instead of going backwards. <laughs> and if it, it did it, it did it. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. It did the whole thing. And I said to my friend, I'm like, sure, you know, I could refactor this and it could be the same method and it could have a parameter. I absolutely could, but it still got the job done. Yeah. And I think it's valuable for engineers that are learning. I do think that, but I think it's even more valuable for senior engineers because we know what we need to write. But if this thing can write it for, like, we're, just, we're like an all, um, we're like a conductor. We mm-hmm. know what to write. I mean, you know, if it, like, I've been coding for 16 years. I know what to write most of the time, but it's just a case of having to push myself through to do the grunt work. If I can orchestrate the grunt work, <laughs> it's amazing. And I'm yeah. fully sold. I really am. Well, I mean, based on their, albeit it's their own research, so it's probably quite biased, but they found that um, 96% of programmers were faster with with repetitive tasks, which is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, grunt work, exactly. Yeah, 88% felt more productive using Copilot. 74% could focus more on the satisfying work. Yes, that's Um, it, yep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so I, I think that that's interesting. So I guess as a privacy company, we care about privacy and security. Um, what do you think the risks are here in terms of security? Yeah. Well, well one of the things with security is you don't want to always, well, you've got to be careful with third-party vendors, right? If, you, if they're handling data. So say someone's using GitHub Actions and they've got environment variables in there. The, you know, database connection details, all of that stuff. You've got to vet them carefully. It's still always going to be a risk, but Microsoft is going to be less of a risk than you know <laughs> the indie startup that promises to keep your your secret safe. That's a bit harder, unless you know the person behind it is like a top tier. Even then, there's always risk, right? And people need to have protocols in place. Imagine I've got a file because I have checked this. The and I, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, and they will trust me, but. In my experience, in my experience with playing around with it, I I typed into a file "load all site monitors," and it tried to load the user model. It didn't know what I was talking about. I then included it. I basically to to make it simple, I imported. Let's just say I imported it to make it simple. I imported the site monitor file. Suddenly, it understood what I wanted to do. So when you reference files, it brings it into the context. Okay, if I was hacking around locally. And some people do. I mean, I've done this actually before shipping code. Um, I'm thinking to myself, I can no longer, I can't just bring in a 
I don't want to say production grade because you should be using dev keys anyway. But like, imagine it's a new service and I have a lot of safeguards in place so this stuff doesn't happen, but I'm trying to get into a headspace of, let's imagine that I'm not, imagine we're not where we are. Imagine we're a brand new SaaS and imagine we are using production API keys locally. This is a stupid situation, but it definitely can happen. If I have that production API key written into the file, that is going to be transferred over to OpenAPI. And that is obviously a security risk. In addition, if you've got some really complex code you've written, that gets moved to OpenAPI. And I think you'd have to look at their rules on the processing and stuff, but you still obviously have a risk there. Um, and I guess it's tinfoil hat when you say, ah, oh, but do they actually discard it? Now, GitHub does allow you to opt out of using it to train their model. But I don't know, like, I'm a bit skeptical with things and I'm thinking, ah, oh, yeah, but are they still learning from it in the same way, you know, I don't know, to be honest with you. But security risks, I care about API keys, um, the environment file, the uh, ENV file we have, and it doesn't import that. It doesn't even process. Well, locally, here's the thing. Locally, you shouldn't have anything sensitive. And you're not running this in production. You should never, ever have production API stuff or production credentials locally. You just need to get away from that. So that shouldn't even be a worry. So I'm really stretching to find an issue in terms of security risks. Um, maybe there's an organizational threat that you're moving some of your code to an external service and they can see it. But as I said to you the other day for us, I don't care. Fathom's value isn't that we've got some crazy magical thing that we do. It's more we're consistently providing a high quality service and we're building features, but it's not secret. We actually share a lot of our code when we build stuff. I tweet it out, you know? I was going to say, like, our, if the worst case scenario is our code base is public, is that, like, is that, is that the moat? <laughs> like, people not knowing even be what public. our source code is? But it wouldn't, yeah. that's true. And it wouldn't be public either. It would just be OpenAI has awareness of it. And unless they can do a prompt, like, uh, you know, connect to a database like Fathom does. But then again, <laughs> we would have to expose our database key to them. Yeah. And there's nothing in our code base that I'd be concerned uh, about people having. And uh, people are going to tweet us now, open source it. It's like, yeah. yeah, who knows? I'm curious why you started with this, right? Like, why did you start a couple days ago and think like, oh, okay, because I, you've known about Copile for a bit, but yeah. you didn't use it until the last few days. So... What spurred like what spurred that on, I guess? So I don't have time to get into the hype of everything. I am very excitable and I'm very you can distract me with shiny things. And so because of that, I know not to get into hype. It's one of the reasons why I never played a game called World of Warcraft. Because, you know, <laughs> no, when we were younger, everyone in school played these games and I get really into them. So when hype comes up, I say to myself, Oh yeah, that's just gonna take up all of your time. And I'm careful. Like well, I've, we've got things we want to focus on. I saw something and, I, and it said something about how AI you know, isn't replacing developers. It's a tool to help developers enjoy their jobs more or, you know, they say to be more productive, but what does that mean? I mean, to me, productivity is, is also enjoying your job. It's not just a pure output. <laughs> yeah. my, my productivity isn't when I'm burning out, it's when I'm, I'm balanced. And I saw that and I thought, okay, well, that's actually a good point. Having this do the grunt work for you. I can't argue with that because I, you know, AI can't build infrastructure that is going to pass my standards. Maybe, mm -hmm. well, maybe it can if it's spec'd out so intensely. But generally speaking, GitHub Copilot could not 
architect fathom and do all of our database stuff the way i have obviously so you couldn't put into you couldn't put into copilot like write uh, a website analytics app (laughs) right two seconds uh pause i'm gonna try that okay so i tried it and it just comes back with a random http get and then api yeah, it doesn't. No. It, 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 so here's the thing: the way I'm seeing Copilot, and again, I haven't. I'm not an expert, but the way I'm seeing it is, it works well within the given context. And one of the things I noticed, I keep saying to myself, "Oh, it's reading my mind." No, it's not reading your mind. It's actually becoming aware of the context you're in, and it's using that context to help predict what you're wanting to do, um, and various other things. And and I can understand that at an intellectual level. And so I really enjoy that. The more you give it, the more it can help. And even when you like write, start writing a bit of code, it can then do the next steps, like the date stuff, for example. So I'm I'm honestly ridiculously stoked on it. And I guess you still have to, like when it writes code for you, you still have to review every single line of it, right? Because like it's it's prone to, I guess, unintentional errors. Yeah, this is a great point. Okay, so this is the limitation that yeah. I see of Copilot. This is why, whilst I said it can be good for people, and people have said this, when you're learning a new code, I think one of my friends said he's learning Rust, and this helped him learn Rust. Oh, it's like syntax and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, okay. and I, I definitely think it could be helpful there. Now, there could be security errors coming in that you won't know about if you're new to the language. That's why I kind of went bullish initially and said it's best for senior developers. I got to be careful with blanket statements, especially when I'm new to something. Um, but that's just my gut. You know, how can you trust the code you're getting? Um, yeah, so there's, there's still, you still have to review stuff. And funnily enough, I'm going to plug, uh, you know, Beyond Code Service, a friend of, of Friends of Fathom. It's called What the Diff. And it's by Sebastian and Marcel. And I think Diana as well, I think, is on their team. And What the Diff, <laughs> this is insane. Okay, so you have a pull request on your GitHub. and you you call the bot or you add the bot to your repo. It sends the pull request through to OpenAI and it comes back and summarizes what's been done in the pull request. <laughs> and, and I said to them yesterday, because I mean, Sebastian, you know, told me about this ages ago and I'm like, I'm not really interested in this stuff. You know, I can read it. They're getting, it's getting better and better. And I suddenly thought yesterday, imagine if we had a spec, right? Imagine if we could input the spec with their review and it came back where it sort of thought it might not have been done. And it catches that. And then I can say, is this definitely done? So now I'm moving into this more of a CTO role. I'm seeing the value for this. I previously thought, oh, it's going to send my whole code base in. And it's like, I kind of feel whatever about that, but it's not. My understanding is it only sends in the code in the pull request. And Mm. I'm fine with that. You know, we're we're not doing anything. You know, we're not building rockets. We're not building um, security tools, you know? Yeah. So, you know, someone like NASA might have to worry a bit about that, but we don't. So, yeah, what the diff is what it's called. And we're probably, I mean, I'm going to try it. I've got to try it now. And and they're really, they're really going ahead full steam with this. So How you could use AI to nanny AI and to keep AI, <laughs> AI in <laughs> okay. check. Like so, you could get it. Yeah, yeah. That's a funny <laughs> thought. They've got a bunch of different pricing models and I mean, for what you get, it's, it's cheap. Even if you just got an indication of what's in the PR, but the value to me is matching it against spec. 
like because in the PR sometimes things can be missed. That's what I'd really like. But yeah, it's all prone to errors, and that's why I think senior engineers really benefit from it. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like it would be it would be better if you already know what you're doing and you're just making sure that it's doing what you asked for correctly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, this is new to me as well. Do you think You that- should use it, by the way. I don't want to see you I mean, using it. You would benefit. There's been so, some requests for the IDE that I use, which nobody you else need uses. You need to use it. Okay, so the reason why, <laughs> you have this, yeah, you dabble in things. You can like, you can build WordPress themes. You can probably, you could. I feel like you could build a plugin with um, with this. You know enough. Yeah. I just think that you know the right prompts and you've spec'd work before, and you but you have that middle ground between, you don't just spec work, you get dirty. Like you're working on our jigsaw application that's built mm-hmm. in Laravel. You learn things, but you get to a point where you need an answer for specific things because you don't spend all your time coding. And so you need, and you saw the other day, you know, I did that silly example where you said, oh, when we close up the date picker, it should, it should go back to the top or no, what was it? No, when um, you it was the toggling date picker, the date picker. Yeah. It should go to the top. And yeah. I, I know roughly window.scroll to or wherever it is, but I just showed you, I'm like, scroll the window to the top and it just puts it in. <laughs> and I might, I, I should know that, but I don't write that enough. And so I might've had to check the exact method call. Things like that for you, if you're using Alpine or Vue, would help you a ton. Uh, like hmm. y- your yes, life would change, but depending on how much you want to code, but I feel like you run into things and you could benefit from this and yeah, then it's going to blow your mind. Yeah. I mean, I should probably try it. I have to, I use Nova. I should probably switch to um, one of the better ones. VS code's really good. Yeah. I mean, and you have to say, you took a whole course on like how to set it up and make it look pretty though. Like when it, you install it, it looks like ass. Buy the course. Yeah, I know it does. Buy the course. Yeah, I'm it's sure Kayla's the course, course is great, but then I have to do the course. It's more of a time thing. Yeah, no, it's true. And it depends on how much time you want to spend coding and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So yeah, but, but Copilot would change your life. Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting because right now, like I had to assign to our, our other developer um, a couple loops for um, a website update that we're working on to pull posts that you and I write about um, the Fathom journey and surface those to the top of the blog. Mm-hmm. But I don't know enough about how to write those. Like, I know what the loop should be, but I don't know what the syntax or the code is to write it. So I actually, mean, yeah, if I have time, I, if I have time, I'll, I'll probably play around with it. You're right. Yeah, cool. I love it. Do you think that, I guess, to, to get a bit more existential here, like, does this change things for programmers? Like, I don't think, at least at this point, it's not a matter of like robots aren't going are not going to replace you as like the CTO or any developer. I don't think. But like, do you think this is going to, I guess, one change the way that programmers fundamentally write code, or two? Actually, no, I'll ask that one first. I'll ask, the second, I'll ask the second question second. So do you think this is going to change the way, like if a new developer is coming up and like they're starting to code today and there's some like training program or school that's like on top of this and is like, okay, the way that you code is you lean on Copilot or some AI to help you with 
these kind of functions. Like, do you think programmers are going to be fundamentally different in the future, given that this is the way it worked? Whereas in the past, it was like every developer I know, like has one tab open to fucking look shit up for functions they just don't know. Or like, what's the fucking PHP date for a three string month, right? Like, yeah, so is it sure. going to change? Like, are things going to like our programmers going to be rewired to to code in a different way now? Yeah, this replaces the need for going on Google. The thing about Google, or, you know, or DuckDuckGo. I mean, for programming questions, unfortunately, you're probably going to be using Google because DuckDuckGo won't surface the results the same way. So people are going on to Stack Overflow. A lot of the time, you get context in Stack Overflow, and you still need to understand documentation. Like, it's it's really to me you need to understand what you're building. You can have tools, like this is a tool to me. So if I'm a surgeon and I get a better tool for something, you know, those robotic things they can use and it might make things safer and blah, blah, blah. They still have to understand what they're doing. And I really, I really see it as something like that. And I don't, I can't speculate on the future. Will AI get to a point where it can build entire applications? I don't know, maybe, but I really don't know. Like I'm not right now. It's not doing. I mean, what it's doing is incredible as a tool, but it's not like it can build. It couldn't rebuild Fathom right now. And yeah, I certainly it's tiny pieces. Be, yeah, it's tiny pieces. And could it build something? An application? Of course, it can. Like people have built applications with AI, but is it going to build it with the nuance? And when you explain certain things, will it definitely understand what you want to do? And will it understand certain nuances about that? And I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic about it all. I don't see it replacing programmers. I see it as being a, a new tool for programmers. Programmers still have to learn how to do stuff because I wouldn't trust a programmer who's just like, yeah, I'm just using Copilot and that's it. Because that's why it's called Copilot, right, as well. I know this is open AI backs and everything, but GitHub Copilot is meant to be something to help you as you're coding. It's not meant to be something that's leading the way. Yeah, that makes sense, I think. I guess the, the final thing is, is like credit, right? Like if, if you got Copilot to write a function and, but you spec'd out the function cause that's the only reason that it was written and you give that code to like hypothetically like your boss. Yeah. And like, is that your code? Is that Copilot? Is that nobody's code? Because AI wrote it and AI is not a person like, it's such How, a can you thing. copyright it like can for intellectual yeah. property like can you that does that fall under like ip law i'd say it depends what it depends what you're doing i mean you know if i'm specking out how i'm going to build something and it's just writing it for me i was probably going to write the same thing anyway and so it, it, to me that is not going to be a difference where it gets really tricky is imagine someone's written some really complex algorithm and imagine it's copyrighted but somehow it's got into open AI. And then you're building a really complex algorithm. Imagine we're competing. Imagine we're building an AI, like an AI system, and we're literally copy and we're benefiting from copyrighted stuff. Like, that's a different story. Honestly, the stuff we do, a lot of it's CRUD, you know, loading stuff and loops. You're not going to have a copyright case over a for loop or, or comparison in dates. It does get more complex once you get into the more complex algorithms i believe and fortunately for us you know I, I made that assessment we're never going to be in a place where we're looking to copy algorithms from people i mean even some of the stuff that i've been thinking about doing it's uh we don't need to 
there we go. Like that's that's just it. I'm telling it what to do, and it's doing it. It's not like I'm asking it for a solution to my problem. And maybe you could do that, but I've not seen. Okay, so let's just put it this way. I don't know right now, but as of my was I've used it for two or three days, quite extensively. I have not seen any code come up which I couldn't have got from Stack Overflow or from any MIT licensed public code base. And so I haven't been concerned. When it starts showing me, if it starts, I know what I know what code copyright is, and I know when a red flag would come up. Nothing's come up because I I would have written it otherwise. So that's it. Yeah, I mean I'm bullish on it. There's clearly things to iron out, and I think you know you get what do they call them? Is it tech maximalists where they're just bullish on everything like Web three and blah blah blah. And then you've got the people that are more negative on everything because they want to just balance out the view. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know where it's going to go. I think if it's helping us, I think it's a good thing. I really like the chat GPT. I've had some really good answers about things on that. And I know it's not perfect. I, like, I'm not going mm-hmm. to it to replace my doctor or to replace... I mean, I'll ask it some questions to get ideas, same way I'd search for for um, answers. Is this going to so, kill Google? Like, that just made me think about that. Like, it could... It's been discussed. Yeah, Okay. So it wasn't my brilliant idea, but that makes if sense. They find, <laughs> no, if, they, if they find a way to distribute it properly and to dislodge Google, then I could see it replacing Google because they give you the answer to your question. Um, Google, you know, I'm really surprised Google's, I guess it's market competition. I think this would replace yeah. Google. Yeah. Maybe that's why Microsoft invested so much in um, but open AI. It's, well, for sure. It's context too. So, um, pause the video. Uh, pause the video. Pause the chat uh, a second. I'm just going to go and do something. Okay, so I just pasted in a, a snippet of my code, and it's it basically when we we get the minimum value for doing something. Uh, I think it's populating something depending on the environment. I currently have production. I said to I pasted that snippet in, and I said with the above code, make the minimum 500 if the environment is staging. And it basically modified my code and added that in. Now, would I have written it that way? Maybe not, because it's done like a multi kind of if thing in the same line. And it is actually fine. Like I wouldn't scream about this. I probably might have done a switch to make it more readable, but it still can do stuff. It takes in context. It's absolutely remarkable. I've actually gone through, we talked about anonymized user journeys. I've gone through using it to give me ideas. Like it gives me ideas more than anything. So I'm quite bullish on the whole thing. I really am. I'm excited and it's completely blown my mind. And as I said on Twitter the other day, I haven't been this excited about coding since I was a kid because when I, you know, learning that I can, like the thing that got me when I was a kid, you could submit a form and you could change the value of a dropdown, choose the department your message went to. And it changed where the email went. And I'd only just started learning HTML and I couldn't believe that they were able to do this. Like, what do you mean? Because I was thinking, oh, mail to. And mail to, I had it all wrong back then. I thought that was impressive when I was learning all this stuff. This makes me feel like I felt back then. I'm suddenly able to focus on the high-level stuff, and I don't, have to, I don't have to waste my time on the grunt work. And that makes me really happy. And I apologize for my cold. I'm struggling to talk a little bit. No worries. <laughs> so... Okay, I think that that's that's cool. I'm excited about this too. I guess if you're listening to this and you are using Copilot or you used it and you hated it, um, let us know on Twitter at usefathom. Oh, at <laughs> every time. Sorry. Nope. 
You're just giving me more work to edit. (laughs) Until, Until two weeks time, we bid you farewell. Yeah, thanks for listening.